Hey everyone, this is Asbet Bedrosian. And this is Hovik Manucharyan. And we're talking with Gevis Kajan on the latest conditions and events during the Artsakh blockade. Gev is with the ANC in Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh. He lives in Stepanagerd. Today is March 12, 2023. This is the 91st day of the Artsakh blockade. Hey Gev, good talking to you again. Hey guys, good to be on. Gev, hi. Let's begin with two days ago, we learned that the gas has been shut off again. It's amazing how, like, you know, this gas accidentally gets turned off whenever the Azerbaijanis want to do something. But can you tell us what the situation on the ground is? And for our listeners, I want to remind that we're now more than three months into this blockade. Yeah, for some context, I think it was about last week that Azerbaijan put out an ultimatum stating that Artsakh will either, quote unquote, integrate, which effectively means be ethnically cleansed, or there will be harsh repercussions. And then the first thing that they did was like two, three days after that, they cut off the gas here. Um, And if you guys know, and for our listeners here, they're kind of used to us letting them know that the gas has been cut off frequently. But for the last two, three weeks, it's been on. And I think we've mentioned this before, that it was on for the longest period of time consecutively in the last 90 days. So following that statement, they cut off the gas. And then on top of that, throughout that same week, we saw attacks into Marduni, Mardagert, Askeran, and uh, Stepanagert, which I'm sure you guys will go into now. Yeah. Before that, though, I, I wanted to remain on this topic for just a minute. Are we back to shops and businesses closing again? And uh, is the food situation stable? The shops that closed, I would say, like two, three weeks into the blockade, unfortunately, they're still closed. The ones that remained open, And most of those have contracts with the government where they provide the rationed food. And we've talked about the food uh, coupon program. People go give their rationed food. Those are still operating at relatively the same level. But unfortunately, we haven't seen the opening of all of those businesses that were shut down and effectively all of those employees that were laid off. Okay. What's the current existing regime of electricity brownouts? Same as it's been uh, once every three hours for an hour. Okay. So I, I would say it's about like four or five times a day at least. Again, uh, uh, also just to confirm, the electricity line has not been fixed, right? So you're continuing to run without any uh, electricity? The main line that we had spoken about last time, unfortunately, that's not fixed. And then on top of that, the Sarsang reservoir water levels are incredibly low. So we run the risk of if those dry up, the blackouts will actually get worse here. Yeah. And that's something that we should probably talk about in more detail some other day. But people, I think, have to realize that in the absence of, you know, during the war, about, I guess, 30 something power plants uh, were, uh, you know, we lost control. The Armenian side lost control of 30 some, I forget the exact number, 30, more than 30 power plants, which were in different areas of Artsakh. And as a result, the only sort of main source of generating uh, electricity has been the you know water from the Sarsang Reservoir and hydropower in Artsakh during this time, which despite the cutoffs, the regular cutoffs, we're now like, I think, 20 meters uh, into draining the Sarsang Reservoir, which, give, as you mentioned, is going to be posing a serious problem, you know, come summertime. That's just for context. I think it's really important to understand that we are borrowing from future electricity generation. And the more Artsakh now is is very dependent on importing electricity. And the more we uh, put off that uh, electricity import, the more dire the situation will become now and also in the future. Absolutely. 
So on our last call just a few days ago, we discussed that Artsakh reps had met with Azerbaijani government officials to discuss logistics and infrastructure. But Azerbaijan misrepresented those discussions as being about, quote unquote, integration of Karapah Armenians into Azerbaijan. That was flatly denied and rejected by both Araik Harutunyan as well as the Armenian government in Yerevan. Now, both Harutunyan and Pashinyan also warned of Azerbaijan preparing further aggressions and violence. And sure enough, this week, um, I think it was a couple of days after we talked, we had the terrible shootings of three Artsakh policemen and the wounding of another by Azeri forces. Can you describe the atmosphere in Stepanagir and Artsakh in general following this? What's going on over there? Look, I would say that the level of tensity is pretty high. Most conversations that we see today, if you go around Stepanagir, people are asking about troop movements, people are asking about the recent statement of Azerbaijan. And look, this population compared to you know most populations around the world isn't highly anxious, I would use that word, because they've seen so much, right? They yeah. live in a, a literal conflict zone where there are ceasefire violations all the time. However, I think that there has been a change in the last week or two, partly because of the statements of Aliyev himself and the Azerbaijani government. And I think if we, as an Armenian populace collectively, whether it's here or in the diaspora, should do something, uh, I would say we should take Azerbaijan's word for what they say say they're going to do. If they're claiming themselves, right, it's not us saying they're going to do it. They're threatening uh, military escalation and action. And we can see this through various means. Well, one is the actual military buildup along the line of contact, which has been recorded. On, and on top of that, you see the same pattern that we've seen before when Azerbaijan is about to launch an escalation. You see the media propaganda you see, you know, statements coming out about the Azerbaijani government. You hear rumors of the troop movements. All of that accumulates into a storm. And I think we, we see those clouds above our heads right now. Well, if you ask me, Gev, the world response to this act of terrorism by Azerbaijan has been deeply underwhelming. Western officials again called for a reopening of the lachin Bertsor corridor, and EU officials called for a full investigation of the shootout, as they referred to it, in their classic both-sidist politics. I'm thinking that we should be asking them to tell us what they're going to do with the results of so-called full investigations, what they plan to do when they find out what they're going to find out. Yeah. I'm saying that when they find out that Azerbaijan killed Armenians in an act of terror and aggression, what do they plan to do about it? Or are they just making idle calls in the wild to placate Armenians while Azerbaijan murders people with complete impunity? I mean, these people are losing their fathers, mothers, brothers, sons, and the EU just wants full investigations. What for? Well, I mean, uh, the U.S. Uh, negotiator, the new negotiator to replace Riker, uh, what's his name? Louis Bono. Yeah, Louis Bono, I think, seemed to answer your question, Osbert, which was, you know, he said right now there is no consideration at all of sanctions. So Absolutely, he um, said that. Right. It's so disappointing. And look, I think a part of this is how much of this is a deterrent? How much of these statements are a deterrent, uh, which oftentimes we have false hope for? And how much of it is actually an enablement? of Azerbaijan to do what they want to do. If, uh, you know, the repercussions for Azerbaijan is going to be a statement or it's going to be the new Armenian ambassador going to Lachin and saying, hey, they should open the corridor. And then 
on the other side of the you know globe you have state department officials and even french officials mm -hmm. uh, the last few weeks saying that we're not going to impose sanctions is that a tell to azerbaijan that look we're going to take these we're going to put these like strongly worded statements uh but you won't but don't pay attention punitive yeah exactly you won't see any punitive measures so i think we've got to be very careful as a populace and you know whatever's left of the armenian foreign ministry to stop taking these statements from whether it's the United States or France or wherever else as a win. Sometimes they're actually enabling Azerbaijan to do what it wants. Absolutely. I don't think Azerbaijan is going to stop becoming a rogue state until it hurts their pocketbooks, until they are under sanctions, until Aliyev's money is frozen and other punitive actions. Absolutely. And that's not happening. Yeah. Also, the classification of rogue uh, is also, I think, in question because rogue based on whose norms? Because if they're doing exactly what the West wants, and I'm not saying I fully endorse that opinion, but, you know, all these statements that, get, that Yev says, you know, uh, we sound uh, enablist or encouraging to Azerbaijan because of maybe regional conflicts such as uh, the West's issues with Iran. Maybe actually we need to talk about whether Azerbaijan is actually acting on behalf of the West and not a rogue right. state. <laughs> right. I mean, it's going to be very difficult to make any kind of decision because, let's say, if you're going to declare anybody a rogue state, it's going to have to go through the UN Security Council. And they're certainly not going to see eye to eye on anything right now. Mm -hmm. I think to close off that, you know, I don't I don't mean to sound completely anti-West uh, or even pro-Russian or you know anti-Russian, but. I think the key lies to how much Armenia is willing to tolerate these statements or non-statements or even encouragements of our enemy. And the key lies in Yerevan. I think uh, some supporters of Nikol Pashinyan's government have actually begun to entertain the idea, well, you know, maybe all hope of Artsakh independence is lost and we should negotiate for whatever little we can get, maybe in the form of some guarantees. And there have been some murmurs or whimpers of that mentioned by through the mouths of Armenian officials. But I think if we don't have Artsakh statehood, we don't have Armenian statehood. I think that we should be clear in communicating that to anyone we can, unless you guys disagree here. Well, Hovik, that... yesterday, Armenia's national security chair, Armen Grigorian, said that Armenia won't sign a peace treaty without rights and security for Artsakh. Well, OK, what do you guys think about that? I mean, rights and security essentially means relinquishing Artsakh's independence or not, uh, not supporting it. And I think Armenia, by law, by constitution, is obliged to support the will of the people of Artsakh. And the will of the people of Artsakh is not to be part of Azerbaijan. So I think um, I don't want to say any more harsh words, but I think, you know, the uh, loyalties of the regime in Armenia are put in question. You know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's uh, uh, it's definitely not Artsakh or Armenia they're rooting for. Gev, has there been a reaction from Stepanager to that statement? It's fairly recent, so I can't comment on behalf of the populace, but there's one thing I'll say, and, and you'll hear this narrative of uh, rights and security guarantees. That's great. However, I think when you talk about the rights of the people of Artsakh, the right to statehood uh, should be mentioned in that conversation mm -hmm. because they're intrinsically tied. The human rights that we're talking about are intrinsically tied to the right to statehood. So if that's what Armin Grigorian means, uh, which I highly doubt... <laughs> I'm all for it. Uh, if that's not what he means, it's it's not as strong of a statement as he's making it seem. It's actually a concession in part. 
Okay, let's leave it there for today. Thank you, Kev. Stay well and let's talk soon, okay? Sounds good. Good talking to you guys. Good night.